This episode is brought to you by Paycor, the HR and payroll software made for leaders. It's never been harder to recruit, hire, and engage workers. That's why HR leaders and frontline managers depend on Paycor for all things people management, from onboarding and performance reviews to compensation and benefits. Learn more at paycor.com slash leaders. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live, presented by The Grid. As always, I am Bryson Carver, and today is a special show. Tonight, the 2022-2023 NBA season commences. We got two games tonight, uh, all high-profile teams, all teams that have a lot of questions coming into the season. Uh, it is great to have you in. Uh, my co-host, Barry Grant Jr., the All Even Podcast, will be joining us in just a second. Um, but we got a lot to talk about today, so I'm going to give my predictions in terms of the standings, East, West, award predictions, who's the MVP, the coach of the year, six-man, rookie of the year, all the awards and at the end of the show, what matters most? It doesn't mean, Jack, what you do in the regular season, ask last year's Phoenix Suns, okay, doesn't mean anything. What do you do in April, May, and if you get to June, what do you do in that month as well? Do you come home with the Larry O'Brien Trophy? So we got a lot uh, to discuss today. Uh, so without further ado, let's uh, let, let's bring him on. He is the host of the, of the All Even podcast, and he is uh, also the co-founder of The Grid, for those of you that didn't know. Would you please welcome... Barry Grant Jr., although you can't see him. Here we go. There he is. There he is. Barry Grant Jr. is joining the Carving It Up NBA tip-off show. How you doing, bro? What's up, brother? I'm here, man. You know, as usual. Of course, of course. It's great to have you on. And first of all, I, I, I would just want to ask you, how are you feeling about uh, this upcoming season? It felt like the offseason flew by, uh, As I, I guess, just because we had a you know, COVID year. We had the weird offseason and everything like that. And last year, the finals were in in July. So this year, get a little bit of normal four months offseason with free agency draft. Uh, how are you feeling about this season coming in? Um, I think there's a lot of optimism around the league. Um. You know, I'm not going to talk about my particular team, but there's definitely optimism around the league. I mean, you got the Clippers. Uh, they're fairly healthy. They're very deep. You know, there's a lot of optimism coming out of that uh, that camp. Um, the Chicago Bulls are racked with injuries right now. And, you know, we don't know exactly what they're going to look like after showing some promise last season. Um, you have the, you know, the topsy-turvy situation in Boston. Milwaukee is the boring constant, and they're going to continue to be that in the Eastern Conference. you got the Nets, who are pretty much all in this year, uh, and we don't know what they're going to look like after the season. You know, they might look like a completely different team. Same thing with your Golden State Warriors. You know, they they have the, the young nucleus locked up, but the old guard may be, you know, this may be the last run for that. 
So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of optimism, a lot of storylines around the league. Can we see some young teams, um, you know, kind of improve? Are the Kings ready to show some improvement after a while? Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of teams that are in tank mode because everybody wants Victor Wimbayama. Win- win- so, <laughs> Who you know, yeah, I think you probably have half the team either tanking or considering tanking. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see exactly, um, you know, what happens with that. No, it's going to be exciting. Like you said, there is about as much optimism going into a season as, as you can remember because the last couple of years you had a ton of injuries around the league. Uh, teams like uh, my Warriors a couple of years ago, you had Denver last year, Clippers. Right. So, you know, a lot of teams, like you said, with a lot of optimism coming in now. Uh, we do have two games tonight. You got Sixers, Celtics. Uh, that tips off at just after 7.30 Eastern on TNT. Uh, that, that game will be, uh, yeah, the defending Eastern Conference champion Celtics taking on a new-look Sixers team. And then the second game actually features our two teams, Barry, the Los Angeles Lakers, taking on the defending world champion Golden State Warriors. And it's not just any game, folks. Uh, I want Barry and the whole world to look at the camera right now. It's ring night. Oh, we got the rings. We got, we got the bling. We got ring number four. Give me added this finger and added the fingers of all the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I had to get, get all my championship hats in the background and, and what now? This is not just a Warriors show, though. It's an NBA show. It so, feels uh, like a Warriors show. It really does. Well, I mean, we try, listen, we're trying to be as unbiased as humanly possible <laughs> on Carving Up. You know that, Barry. You know how it goes. I, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> no, no, it is impossible. Uh, so if you're ready, let's jump right in the predictions. You ready, bro? Uh, let's do it, man. All right. So we're going to start in the Eastern. Con- Let me remove this banner real quick. Okay. Uh, we're going to start in the Eastern Conference. Going to start with the bottom five teams, worst teams in the Eastern Conference. Going to go from uh, worst to first. I got the Detroit Pistons uh, finishing with the worst record in the conference. Uh, some some of the dra- moves they made in the draft the last couple of years, trading uh, 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 Grant. It was a, which is a big loss for them on the perimeter. You got the Pacers as the 14 seed. Wouldn't be shocked if they finished uh, lower than Detroit uh, with all the moves they made last year and probably even move, more moves they're going to make, uh, possibly with your Lakers, Barry, trading Miles Turner or Buddy Heald. Right. Um, it's a very, very young team. Long ways to go to get back into the playoff picture. I've got the Orlando Magic winning 31 games. I like their draft. I like what they've done the last two years. Um uh, I, I, you know, I think the Orlando takes a step in the right direction in the future. Uh, Washington, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of wash, rinse, repeat, right? You got some talented players. Bradley Beal, we know what he represents uh, getting locked up this offseason. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, who, who had a positive impact last year. And so you you have some moves the Wizards have made that are, that are all right, but still, you know, I, I don't think this team even sniffs the play-in. And I've got Toronto as the 11th seed. I do not think they will even make the play-in after being, I think, the five seed last year in the postseason. I've got Toronto at 11 because, if I'm not mistaken, Barry, I think they only have one center on their roster. Now, yeah, the, the roster makeup is is really um, it's really interesting in Toronto. I guess they're going to play a lot of small ball. They're they've been used to playing small ball in their backcourt for years now, but I guess they're going to really play some exclusive small ball this season, which is pretty interesting. And that's you know I've always trust me my, my I know a thing or two about small ball considering my Warriors have played this entire run, but it's only sustainable for so long. If you notice, if you you know the Warriors are the prime model for it, Draymond Green doesn't play the five up until like the second or west round of the Western Conference Finals, right? Uh, you know because it, you know having an undersized player that'll take your toll on you eventually. Uh, Scotty Barnes was absolutely outstanding last year. Fred VanVleet was an All Star, uh, but I do think this team takes a step back. So as far as I guess the bottom feeders of the East, Barry, what do you think about my picks? Uh, I think that's that's pretty solid. I, I I think that every one of these teams um are definitely going to be in tank mode. Um especially especially Detroit. Detroit is definitely trying to get as much ping pong balls as possible so they can be able to 
pair up either, you know, um, you know, Wembayama or or the other kid. What's his name? Um, Tate Cunningham. No, the uh, talk about the other touted kid that's coming out. Oh gosh, uh, the, he he was the one who played against Wembayama. Yes, yes. Oh, very uh, talented as well. Guard. I'm, I'm yeah. blanking on him. I'm blanking on him. Yeah. So you know, they they there's some talent, man. So you, you're gonna see a lot of these teams that you know, even if they're successful early on, they they probably might they probably might put a stop to that early. So uh, this is pretty spot on. Yeah, and again, when I when I'm looking across the board, you know, none of these teams, I think maybe Washington, just because they do have a top twenty player, Bradley right. Beal. Um, but I, I cannot see a scenario in which any of these teams even get to the play-in tournament. So that's why I've got my bottom five. So now I we're going to move to the play-in teams in the Eastern Conference. Let's put it up. Worst to first, I've got the Knicks sneaking in, considering some of their offseason moves, keeping R.J. Barrett, bringing in Jalen Brunson uh, to go along with Julius Randle, who had a disappointing year last year. I've got the Hornets going up one. Uh, they were the last uh, last two years they were the 10 seed uh I, I was real curious move at the head coach hiring uh almost bringing in Kenny Atkinson he backed out to stay in Golden State uh and then bring back uh is it uh Cl- Clifford what's is that coach's name yes uh, Steve Clifford St- Steve Clifford bringing Steve Clifford back to the Hornets which was curious at best I've got the Hornets at nine Bulls you sort of touched on it early in the show Barry they are just ravaged with injuries, starting with Lonzo Ball, his his issues dealing uh, uh, that he's been dealing with for almost a year now. I think the right. Bulls took a step back, go to the eight seed. And I've got Atlanta at seven. I know a lot of people like Atlanta this year because of some of their moves this offseason, adding DeJounte Murray to what's you know one of the better backcourt tandems in the NBA. But in one of the big surprises to me last year, Atlanta, when they made that run to the Eastern Conference Finals, went from one of the worst defensive teams to one of the better defensive teams. And last year, they kind of took a step back uh, in Miami. Miami absolutely housed them uh, in the first round, aside from one game. So uh, as far as the playing teams, Barry, what's your what's your thoughts on what I got here? Yeah, I think, um, I think that's fair. I, I'm surprised that you actually have the Bulls higher than the Knicks or the actual um, – or the Hornets. Because, um, like I said, the Bulls, the Bulls to me are in they're, – they're in distress. And I, I think they're going to have some issues. I mean – you know they still have some talent there. Obviously, Levine and and um and DeRozan are still there, but uh, I mean, <sighs> who's going to play point guard? You know, mm-hmm. uh, do they have the depth? I, I I don't know if they have any of those things. So you know, it, it's it's really going to be a struggle for them all season to find a rhythm to um to get going. But you know, I I don't really have an issue um in regards to the teams that you have. That I, I think I would just kind of maybe flip the Knicks in the in the Bulls. Okay, that no, that's totally fair. And you know, I, I thought about I thought about uh, kicking the Knicks out just because, you know, they're the Knicks, they always find a way to screw things up, even if they right. do have low expectations. Right. But the, the reason I put the Bulls today is I've I've read a lot of reports from all different sources. So if it's if it's different reporters going to the same practices, they're seeing something. Zach Levine reportedly is having an absolutely phenomenal camp. Um, now, if he's able to take yet another step in his career, he's kind of in his prime years into being possibly, dare I say, threatening to be an all-star starter. Um, I, I think that could help the Bulls, obviously, with the likes of DeMar DeRozan, who had a, a career best year a year ago uh, right. in getting the Bulls back to uh, at least back to the, the play-in tournament. So that's what I got. So moving to sort of the middle pack of the East, uh, let's put it up here. Worst to first. Uh, oh, oops, I put it up too quick. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I think I lost it. But uh, okay, I'll just put up the rest of the play uh, playoff teams in that case. So uh, worst to first, six to one. Okay. I've got uh, the Brooklyn Nets as the sixth seed. Uh, the over under in Vegas, I think, was fifty. I went under. 
simply because, like I said, there's too many questions, most of them pointing to health, and right. some of them with two players involving commitment. Kevin Durant, to me, it's been one of the more underreported stories of the last three years. Ever since the Achilles tear in that 2019 finals, he has been as brittle as any superstar in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, missed a lot of games his first full year in Brooklyn, and he missed a lot of games last year. So coming into this season, now he did have a, a pretty long offseason considering the Nets got swept in the first round. Um, but I, I think Kevin Durant does Kevin Durant things. He's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be a top five player in the world once again. Uh Kyrie Irving, I definitely think gives you more than 29 games. There's not the the vaccine mandate situation, but Kyrie being Kyrie, we understand he's gonna some point in December or January going to take two, three weeks off for undisclosed reasons. Uh, and, and then you got Ben Simmons, who you guys know is probably my least favorite player in the NBA. Um, right. I, I think he steps in, does a good job. Has you know, we we saw at the end of his last year in Philly, him really ratchet up defensively. We 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 know what he brought to the table as a whole, but especially at the end of that year, uh, I thought he did a great job. Thought he should have won Defensive Player of the Year. Um, so I got the the Nets at uh, the sixth seed. They they missed the play-in tournament. Uh, then I've got Boston, the defending Eastern Conference champions at five. If there were, could there ever be an off season for a team that just made the finals that could have gone worse than Boston? Because obviously we know about the Ime Odoka situation. He's gone, and and the job that he did bringing this team to the best defensive team in basketball. They're going to miss that badly. And then to me, what was a, a gut punch, Danilo Gallinari, which I thought was one of the better, more underrated signings of, of the offseason, he goes down with that that gruesome knee injury uh, playing overseas, so he's gone. I do like the addition, though, of Malcolm Brogdon. I've always been a big Malcolm Brogdon fan. Celtics finally get a true point as opposed to Marcus Smart. Um you know, but I, I feel like the the lack of presence by Udoka is going to be apparent right off the jump, possibly even tonight uh, in that game against Philly. So I got Boston as the five seed. Miami is the four seed. They win the exact uh, same amount of games they did uh, last year at fifty three, uh, but they will drop a few spots down to four. Again, I I was really surprised by Miami Miami this off season because I kept saying. In, in May and June, I'm like, this is Pat Riley. He's he's going to make a move uh, some some point or another. I thought Bradley Beal was in the conversation. That did not happen. Um, I still think it's 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 Heat culture. We know what Jimmy Butler uh, is able to bring the, to the table, especially in the postseason. Uh, Bam out of Bion Company coming back. So I've got the Heat at number four. I've got the Cavs as the number three seed out east. Um, they would have missed the play-in tournament. They would not have had to play in the play-in tournament if it were not for the injury to Jared Allen. Their defense nosedived after that. Okay, we, we we know what Darius Garland uh, is able to bring to the table. Made an All Star game last year. Uh, they did trade Colin Sexton, a couple other guys to go get Donovan Mitchell, and what was probably the biggest high profile trade of the offseason, uh, bringing him in. And, and I know there's a lot of questions about Donovan Mitchell defensively. When you add a great scorer who's a bad defensive player to a team that's already you know already established defensively, he doesn't have to be that number one guy. Now maybe. Maybe teams will try and run some pick and roll, trying to get him on, on their best scores, but we'll see how that plays out. But given the jump that this Cavs team made from a bottom feeder to a team that probably would have made the playoffs if not for Jared Allen's injury, I think they continue to take another step forward. And Evan Mobley is, is just a phenomenal talent. I've got the Cavs at number three. Philadelphia at number two. They win 55 games. I, I've been high on the Sixers all offseason, partly because of the addition of P.J. Tucker. You know, anywhere P.J. Tucker goes, he, he instills – uh, a level of intensity, passion, toughness uh, to a Sixers team that desperately needs it. Joel Embiid, I thought, probably should have been the MVP last year, aside from Giannis. Uh, he he led the league in scoring, first big man to do that uh, since Shaquille O'Neal. And James Harden, I have really appreciated, and I've been a big critic of James Harden on the show, but I have really appreciated the fact that he seems to have been 
crazy committed to the offseason, taking care of his body. Um, he's going to come into this uh, this season in better shape than he did last year in Brooklyn. There's no sort of uh, oh, there, there's no sort of cloud hanging over our James Harden team like it was last year with the whole Kyrie Irving situation. So, uh, and Tyrese Maxey, I think, takes a huge, huge step forward. Uh, and, and then I've got the Milwaukee Bucks as the number one seed, winning 59 games. Uh, there's a, a very strong, strong case to be made that Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Chris Middleton's going to be out just a little bit. Uh, due to an injury, but he should be back pretty soon. Uh, and, and then when you look at uh, some of the additions they made, if I'm not mistaken, I think they added Joe Ingles uh, this offseason, who's a tremendous catch-and-shoot guy from the Utah Jazz. They brought him in. And, and that's what Milwaukee really missed in that Game 7 loss to Boston was not just Chris Middleton, but also an ability to really catch up to the Celtics in terms of three-point makes. Um, and so really the hole in their team, I think they, they they addressed it. So I got Milwaukee as the number one seed out East. Barry, uh, after that mouthful on my part, uh, <laughs> what, what do you got one through six uh, as far as what I got? Uh, let me see. I think, I think the Celtics at five, uh, I mean, them even winning 50 games to me with all the the, the the issues that they have, Robert Williams being hurt, uh, Danilo Gallinari going down, Emeo Doka not being there, and he's literally, um, you know, if you want to call Tatum the face, I think Edoka was the, the heart and soul of that team because of the grittiness and the toughness that he brought to that team last season. So I think I think even them being a five seed is high because really? I, I really do think that they're going to struggle. I think they're going to struggle mentally. Not in regards to the talent, but you know that's that's a lot to really miss a guy like that um, for an entire season. So you know, I think the, I think the Celtics are going to struggle a bit. Um, I, I think I like the Nets a little more than you do. Okay. Um, I still think that they're one of the most talented teams in the NBA. Obviously, you know they have to stay healthy. Kyrie has to be committed. I'm hearing you know, reports out of camp that he's fully in, fully bought in. And, um, you know, there's some maturity that they've seen out of him. So we'll see if that continues throughout the season. Um, Miami Heat, I mean, they're always the constant, right? But can they do enough to crack through? I think four is is pretty good for them because they are like a mid-team. Um, depending on the matchup in the playoffs, they can make some noise, but I don't really see them doing much right there. Um Cleveland, I like Cleveland. I think Cleveland is definitely going to be one of the stories in the Eastern Conference, just like how they were last year. Uh, you know, they really took everybody by surprise last season with the with, with how well they played. And then, you know, injuries and stuff kind of, um, you know, took them out of the, the race in the second half of the season. But I think everybody coming back with the addition of, of Donovan Mitchell, you know, just a bona fide go-ahead score that they, they need somebody to just get a bucket for themselves – you know, they can really be able to focus on the defensive end and, and do do a lot of great things, especially in transition. So that's going to be a really, really good team. Uh, Philly, I like Philly. I, I'm a big Joel Embiid fan. Um, I think, you know, you you kind of hit the nail on the head in regards to Tyrese Maxey. What, you know, the 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 amazing step forward that he took last year. I mean, Maxey looks like a bona fide star at this point. You know what I mean? So for yeah. him to be on this team and, possibly just be the third guy um that that's that's a good that's a good problem to have for them you know you still got guys like Tobias Harris that can be able to score a little bit it's not going to give you much defensively but he can still be able to put the ball in the basket uh shake Milton you know they're, they're pretty good they're pretty deep you know my my biggest concern with Philadelphia is not the talent it's about Doc Rivers it's about can he be able to 
you know, push the right buttons in the playoffs and in, uh, you know, elimination game situations to be able to crack through. I, I, he hasn't proven that in his career. Um, coaches do not get better as they get older. So I think this is just what he is. And, you know, like I said before, the Milwaukee Bucks are the boring uh, constant that's in the Eastern Conference. They have the best player in the league, the most unstoppable player in the league. Uh, they're very balanced. They have shooting. They have rim protection. They have defense. Um, you know, uh, Middleton is going to miss the the beginning of the season, but he'll be ready to go when he's ready and they'll welcome him with open arms and they won't be, you know, they won't miss a beat. So I think Milwaukee's definitely hands hands down the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and a lot of people believe, including myself, that if Middleton doesn't go down in that Chicago series that they get they to win. the NBA Finals. Right. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe they would have won the championship. So, you know, when, when you look at Milwaukee, and, and again, like I said, some of the holes that they filled, and I'm, I'm sort of, I, I have the same opinion on Milwaukee as far as the thing I'm concerned about that you do with Philadelphia. And not to dismiss, dismiss your Doc Rivers point, because we know, you know, he's 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 blown more 3-1 leads than any coach in the NBA history. Right. Um, I have major questions about Mike Budenholzer. It's um, fair. He, Very fair. I get they won the championship last year, but some of the decisions, some of the lack of adjustments uh, made in some of those series against the Nets, Hawks, uh, in the finals against Phoenix, uh, it, it felt like the greatness of Giannis kind of masked some of those uh, right. because he's out here dropping you know, 40 and 14. But I, I think there's an opportunity, there's a chance that that could get exposed uh, possibly in the postseason if there's an opportunity to. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I got the Bucks as the number one seed. So let's let's transition now to the wild, wild west, and let's go to the bottom of the Western Conference uh, from five to uh, sorry, from fifteen to eleven. I've got the Jazz finishing with the worst record in the conference. They they're they're, they're still cleaning house, right? You still got Mike Conley in the building, who they're probably going to move soon. Um, but you got Oak. I, I got the Jazz at, at five, uh, 15. I think they're going to. Uh, Danny Ainge is going to make sure that they, he puts them in position to try and go get uh, Victor Wimbiyama. I've got Absolutely. them at 15. I've got the Thunder at 14. I think they they sort of have that same same mentality. Chet Holmgren, the unfortunate news uh, a couple months ago, he is done for the season after getting hurt uh, in, in that, uh, I guess it was a pro am game. And so uh, he's done for the year. Shea Gil Gilgis Alexander, I think, is coming into the year injured, which we know the old saying, if you enter the season hurt, you're probably going to exit the season hurt as well. So, I, you know, Oklahoma City is not going to do a whole lot this year. Uh, they, they got their sights set on the French kid as well. I, I've got San Antonio 13th. I feel like I probably should have uh, put them at, at less than 27 wins because I heard uh, Greg Popovich say today, uh, he, he actually told the media, this is Greg Popovich's own words. He said that if uh, – he said, if I were you, I would not go to Vegas and bet us to win the NBA championship. So <laughs> here he's, he install, he's instilling a lot of confidence in some of those, those young guys in San Antonio, especially after they moved to Jonte Murray. After barely getting to the play-in last year, uh, San Antonio will not get there uh, this season. I've got Houston at 12. I think Houston takes a little bit of a step forward. Uh, some of the draft picks bringing in two, probably the two best offensive players of the last two drafts. Um, and, and also, by the way, bringing uh, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. in uh, or locking him up on a long-term deal. I've got the Rockets 12th, and I've got the Kings 11th. Uh, I understand they hired my man Mike Brown. You called Mr. Potato Head. I see the similarities. Um, but, you know, De'Aaron Fox is one of the more underrated guards in the NBA without a question. Uh, but some, some of the moves they made the last couple of years are, are questionable at best. Having a, a plethora of guards in the building uh, reminds me a little bit of what the Hornets did a couple of years back yes. uh, there. So uh, as far as the bottom feeders out west, uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think you're spot on with the Jazz being the worst team. Uh, definitely OKC will follow that because, you know, they had – Obviously, I think they were they were still in tank mode, but 
they still wanted to see what Chet had, right? So yep. you can still have that that tank mentality and still be able to throw your 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 top selected pick out there and see what he has. So he can at least get some some experience going into next season. But you know, the fact that he's hurt, he's gonna miss the whole season. It's not it's not a it's not a, a terrible thing for him. However, it's like, you know, the fact that he's a big guy with with a foot problem, that's concerning, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've seen other guys bounce back from it. We see Joel Embiid, you know, they they had the right plan for him coming out of Kansas. Um, ben Simmons had the same thing, not the same injury, but, you know, there was a foot problem there. So, you know, there, there, are, there are exceptions to the rule in regards to you can be able to, to come back from that and be fine. Uh, but we're going to see how OKC handles him. You know, it's a, he's a big, fragile guy, man, and I don't really – it's concerning to me, just to, just to put it that way. Uh, the Spurs, yeah, you're spot on with the Spurs. Um, you know, they're definitely in rebuild mode. Uh, I'm surprised that Greg Popovich is still there for it, um, which is pretty shocking to me. Uh, I would flip the Kings and the Rockets just because oh, okay. it's it's NBA Siberia and I don't have any confidence in them. Uh, the Kings will always be the Kings until they show me otherwise. So I'll always have them below anybody else in regards yeah. to where they where they where they need to be um i would put them at 12 i have houston a little higher right there at 11 because i like their talent i don't think that they're gonna be you know 36 wins good but they're definitely going to make the proper strides because i, I like the coach that they have um you know he's he's um he's a he's a good leader uh, i like yeah. the young talent that they have you know they locked up kevin porter um, you know, it's, it's, it's an $82 million deal. Only 15 of that is guaranteed, but it's still showing the kid that, you know, they believe in him and he just has to make sure that he does the right thing on and off the court to be able to get that money. So, um, I, I, I like what you have here, but like I said, I would swap the Kings and the Rockets. This episode is brought to you by Paycor. Paycor empowers leaders to build winning teams. With Paycor, leaders can recruit, onboard and train employees, set goals, and drive performance. If you're a leader, everyone depends on you. Who do leaders depend on? Paycor. Learn more at paycor.com slash leaders. Now, I could totally see that becoming a reality. And, and the thing, by the way, fun fact about the Sacramento Kings, uh, the Seattle Supersonics have won a playoff series uh, more recently than the Kings. So, uh, <laughs> And that, that franchise, of course, has been in Oklahoma City for the right. last 15-odd years. So yes. I just wanted to to throw that out there. Uh, you and I both, I mean, I guess it's a, a quote-unquote division rival. We Neither of us really like the Sacramento Kings. Uh, right. So let's move to the teams that I believe will be playing teams. Uh, from 10 to 7, I've got the, the Portland Trailblazers at 10, getting Damian Lillard back. Uh, I, I've got the Lakers at 9, your Lakers at 9, Barry. I've got the Timberwolves at 8, and I've got the Phoenix Suns, the best record in the NBA last year. I've got them as the 7th seed. Starting with Portland, um, obviously you guys know how I feel about Damian Lillard. He is one of my five favorite players in the NBA. Uh, I love the way that dude plays. He, he's I've been campaigning for a couple of years for him to get out of Portland, not not with any hate towards Portland, but I feel like it's kind of run its course in regards to how they can put the talent around him to try and compete for a championship. Um, I will say this, and I think you and I both agree on this, Barry. Shaden Sharp has a chance to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. We, we saw what he, he he did last year. And when, when he was drafted, it felt like a steal for the Blazers uh, in, in that, the first round of that draft, and he's looked sensational in the preseason. Freak athlete. Um, 
He, he is. He, he's he's outstanding. I, I hope he he's able to make those strides this year. I've got your Lakers at ninth. I think they finished with a winning record. Uh, I, I think the continuity is going to be there more this year than it was a year ago. With obviously we understand what LeBron still brings to the table now in year twenty. Uh, Anthony Davis, I think, will give you more than thirty plus games. I'm if, if I think. I, I'm not not to not not to sort of interrupt right here, but if, if you're a, you're a Laker fan, Barry, what would you consider a win for Anthony Davis in terms of games played? A win. What what would you say? Okay, if Anthony Davis gives me this many games, I will take that. Fifty-five. You. That's exactly what I was thinking. No, I I agree with you. So. If he's able to get back to you know anything near what he was, certainly in the bubble in 2020 when you guys won the championship, that'll be huge for the Lakers. Obviously, I mean, Bryson, story- think about it. Yeah. I don't want to get off topic, but the season is starting and he already has back issues. It's it's the it's the unfortunate gift that keeps on giving. He played it's- two games in the in the preseason and he has back issues. He, he's 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 he, for a guy who's six ten, he's he's pretty much made of glass. It's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. And, and also there's the story, of course, of, of Darvin Ham coming in, first-year head coach, Russell Westbrook. Uh, we're going to see if he he's going to play tonight, it looks like. He suffered a hamstring injury in the last uh, preseason game against the Kings. Uh, is he? I, I'm not certain. I, I think he's going to start the season coming off the bench, uh, which is quite stunning considering how last year went. But it's I think it's a credit to Darvin Ham, uh, the, the fact that he's, he was able to get to him. Uh, some of their offseason moves I liked. Bringing in my man Juan Toscano Anderson, uh, he, he's a, you know he's an effort player. He's he's going to bring a lot uh, to this Lakers team, uh, certainly in terms of intangibles. Uh, bringing back Dennis Schroeder, who uh, was is the all time bag fumble uh, from a couple <laughs> years back. Uh, it's a win for the Lakers. It is a big L for Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Patrick Beverly, the instigator, the most annoying player in the NBA, uh, will be looks like starting at point guard for LA. So you know, a decent. Upgrade, I guess, at the point guard position, you could say. The, re- I mean, the, the resident cheerleader is what I call him. That, that's what he is. That's what he is. I mean, weeping after playing wins. I mean, that's that's you know that's what he he, he brings to the table. He's, but uh, I've got I've got the uh, the Lakers at nine. Patrick Beverly's old team, the Timberwolves at eight. There is, I, I'm telling you, man, I do not get the Timberwolves hype. Um, I, I I'm me not too. A, I, I'm not a fan of Chris Finch as a head coach. I mean, you look at how he got completely manhandled as far as, you know, coaching in terms of decisions by Taylor Jenkins in that first round series. Uh, Anthony Edwards is an absolutely phenomenal talent. Cat is, a, in my mind, a top 15 player in the NBA. Um, but when you look at D'Angelo Russell is a complete liability defensively. And I want you to say it for the whole audience to hear. Who, who was it, that overrated big man that the Timberwolves traded for? Rudy Gobert. Your favorite player, your favorite player. Uh, I, I I don't get playing. This isn't the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't think it's going to have the same effect playing two big men um, for for Minnesota. And very good chance they're going to have to take uh, t- take Gobert out at the end of games just for, right. for spacing issues. Because uh, we know when when you play small against Rudy Gobert and you play five out, he's a complete liability in the defensive end of the floor when you have to make him stretch out there to the three point line. Big I've time. got the Timberwolves eight. I've got the Phoenix Suns at seven. Here's why. I think they're, that locker room is broken. I agree. When you consider the the dynamic between Monty Williams, who I think is a brilliant head coach, and DeAndre Ayton, it feels like they grudgingly brought him back uh, this year. They they can't trade him until uh, next season, the way the contract uh, uh, is worded. Uh, Chris Paul is, is not getting any younger. Uh, Devin Booker, I thought, should have been top five in the MVP race last year. Uh, but they lost some guys in free agency. I, I, I am not high whatsoever on the Phoenix Suns uh, this season, certainly as I was uh, last year when I did pick them to be the number one seed. So as far as the playing teams, Barry, what you got? 
For all the playing teams, uh, I like your playing teams. I think I would flip it. Um, I think that I would put the Phoenix Suns at nine. Oh, wow. Just because I think they're going to have that much of a drop-off, honestly. Okay. Um, I would then put the Lakers at seven. I think that I think they have enough to win 45 games. And and that's that's you know, if everything breaks well, if Braun can give you 60 plus games, if AD can give you 60 plus games, if they figure out a way to either trade Russ or have him buy in at some point to some degree. Um, but they have a guard, you know, they have a plethora of guards. So how much minutes is he really going to play? You know, you're probably looking at Patrick Beverly and Dunn getting all the minutes. When Schroeder comes back, he's going to play a lot of off ball as well. So, you know, they, they're going to have to do something immediately with that with that situation. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I think that if everything breaks well, I think the Lakers can, can see themselves in the seventh hole. Um, the 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 Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm with you. Um, I just don't, I don't see it. I, I listen, they have talent, right? Anthony Edwards, Cat, um, D'Angelo Russell, um, my man, uh, Jaden McDaniels. Like, oh, I like him. You know, they, they just, they just uh, named him the starter. So, you know, he, he's, he's long. He's, he's, he has some defensive, uh, prowess there. So, you know, they, they do have talent. It's just that I just don't understand why people are just buying in with this until they see it. You got to see it first. You know, this is not NBA 2K where you're just putting players together and it just miraculously works. Like you, we have to see how that clunky lineup is going to look in real time. Give it 15 to 20 games and see exactly how they look before everybody anoints them, um, you know, a top five or three team in the, in the Western conference. Um, With the, with the Blazers. I mean, listen, they, they have some turnover. They brought in some guys. They have some young talent as well. You know, Dame is fully committed to Portland, and I, I don't understand why. But, you know, if he wants to stay there, that's fine. But they're not going to move up any higher than maybe eight. Right? So, they, yeah. they, so they're going to they're gonna waver from that 10 to 8 spot all season. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, um, I'm okay with your, with, with, with definitely your, um, your playing teams here. Before I respond, we do have some comments here. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Shakir, uh, Gallant, Gallant, yeah. Gallant. That's um, my guy. <laughs> yeah. He's, he says the, the Knicks six. So I assume that Shakir is a, is a Knicks huge, fan. huge Knicks fan. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's upsetting. Yeah. Really uh, that's, that's, I feel bad for you, man. Uh, he says, not even worry about the rest. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Stanley uh, Pradell uh, <laughs> says says not Perry Grant agreeing with the Lakers uh, at nine. Listen, listen, we we we're, we keep it objective, Stanley. We keep it objective. I have to be. Up. I have to be real, right? I, I'm a lake. I'm a I'm a homer, but I gotta be real. Yeah, and then he says, uh, and Mishkir says, of course you would. Typical Barrington. <laughs> Absolutely upsetting. Absolutely upsetting. That's man. My, Listen, my, my guys are coming after me today. It's fine. It's cool. they're, they're all over you. They're all over you. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And obviously, I forgot to mention this with the Lakers. It's kind of a massive story. Uh, LeBron James could be the all-time leading scorer by season's end. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, oh, yeah. you know, it's going to be, the, again, the story of the regular season. He could break it probably sometime around late February, early March, around that area. Uh, you're really going to be tracking the games, the destinations uh, that, that those games will be played at. And then have, so miser- certainly- have miserable Kareem have to oh. celebrate that, which is it's amazing. It's it's it, it's a shame, man. I, I don't want to get too far into the story, but it's it, it's a shame how this whole situation's playing out. Like I, I really, yeah. 
as a Steph Curry, as a lifelong Steph Curry fan, I really appreciated how classy Ray Allen was. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as, as Steph was was nearing up and was just giving him nothing but praise. Um, and it's been the exact opposite with Kareem and LeBron. Uh, you know, we heard LeBron quote a couple weeks back saying that there's no relationship there because the fact that, that Kareem has done nothing but take shots at LeBron for specifically, I want to put an emphasis on that, the last year. Right. Uh, there's a, a lot to that as, as we've discussed on and off air. So, you know, it, it's a shame that that's, that's the case, especially the fact that it's a Laker breaking uh, the all-time scoring record, which Kareem, of course, had his won the majority of his championships in Los Angeles. Uh, but be that as it may, yeah, I mean, we, we agree on Minnesota. The, the, the ceiling's high in regards to talent, yes. uh, but I don't trust coaching. I don't trust, I do not trust them defensively. Uh, and it feels like the Blazers are the opposite. I like the young talent they have there. We know what Dane brings to the table. Um, but the, this is, like you said, the, their ceiling feels like the eight seed, and it's a very yeah. hard ceiling. Right. Uh, and, and then Phoenix feels like they kind of have a broken locker room. And so, as far as the teams that could be possibly contending uh, or at least, you know, sniff that sort of area, uh, one through six, uh, the teams that will get out of the play in tournament, six, uh, I've got the, from six to one, I've got Pelicans, uh, Mavericks, Clippers, Nuggets, Grizzlies, and then my Warriors. Starting with uh, New Orleans, um, I know you're not as high on Zion as I am. I think he's going to have a massive season this year. Uh, we look at the last time he was healthy, a couple years back, he was putting up Shaq-like numbers. Obviously, Zion Williams is not Shaquille O'Neal, obviously. Right. Uh, and he, he, you know, he's he's a liability on the defensive end of the floor. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if they can get him to buy in over there. But when you look at a Pelicans team that added C.J. McCollum, added some of these young pieces, did a great job in the draft. Uh, David Griffin is an underrated general manager. He's done uh, a good in job. Opinion. He, he is. I mean, he's, he's done a great job and did a good job in Cleveland as well, uh, getting that team to three straight finals. But you know, I, I look at New Orleans. I look at the coaching staff. You know, a lot of uh, Steve Kerr uh, disciples on that staff, which, which of course I appreciate. But you know, CJ McCollum bringing the better in leadership. He did. He got a big extension this offseason, so props to him on that. Uh, you know, you look at Brandon Ingram having an All Star season. And speaking of that Ingram Zion dynamic, the only concern I have is the fact that those are two ball-dominant guys. Those guys are not great playing well off the ball. You know, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that. The two all-star seasons that Brandon Ingram had, Zion played either very little or none of. And then the only all-star season Zion had, Brandon Ingram had a down year. Like, I, I'd, I'd worry a little bit about that duo. But outside of that, as far as their depth, uh, obviously guys like um, uh, Valanchunas had a great year last year. So uh, I really like the Pelicans this year to be uh, to be the sixth seed. I've got the Dallas Mavericks right where they uh, were a year ago. Uh, actually, they were the they were the four seed last year. So actually, they're the five. I'll have them as the five seed this year. Losing Jalen Brunson in free agency, I did like the addition of Christian Wood. Uh, we know what Luka Doncic brings to the table. He's one of the, in my opinion, he's one of the four best players in the NBA. Stole uh, Jason, that. Stole him. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and Jason Kidd. Uh, I I was dead wrong on this one on this hiring. He he, not only did this Mavericks team obviously advance further in the playoffs, but it was the way that they did it: improved three point shooting and the defensive side of the ball. They were a top five team defensively. I you see expect to see more of that this year. But just because the West is a little more loaded this year than last, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on a conference finals appearance uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. I've got them at five. I've got uh, your beloved Los Angeles Clippers at four, getting Kawhi Leonard, Paul George back. We know that that's, you know, without question, one of the three or four best duos in the NBA when healthy. 
big emphasis on when healthy because both of them have been dealing with with injuries. Kawhi has looked phenomenal in the preseason, but reportedly he's still having issues with his knees. Uh, I don't know if there's any if if he's dealing with like tendonitis or whatever, but he's still not a hundred percent right, which I'm concerned about. Uh, we know about the low management there. Paul George missed majority of the games last year, uh, but as far as the Clippers' depth, Ty Lue is a top three coach in the NBA for me. Uh, you got guys like Reggie Jackson who had a great year last year and company. Uh, what, what's the kid's name? Um, on blank and played at Florida State, had a great game six against the yeah. Jazz. Uh, oh, what's his name? I like to think Terrence Mann takes a big step in the right direction this year, but just because of the it's the same reason I'm not terribly high on Brooklyn, just because of the availability question. I've got the Clippers as the four seed, Denver is the three seed. Getting back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. is gonna be huge. I like what I've seen from that trio, along with, of course, Jokic in the preseason. Um, I, I liked adding um, uh, Contavious Caldwell. Pope, uh, who's an excellent you know catch catch and shoot guy, and is good on the defensive end of the floor. I think Michael Malone is a very good head coach uh, in the NBA. They're deep. They they gave my Warriors a, t- a tough run in the first round, d- despite you know getting you know getting gentlemen swept, d- despite having their two second and third best players out. So I think uh, the Denver Nuggets are where they're going to be a lot the next few years as a top three seed in the Western Conference. I've got the Memphis Grizzlies back where they were last year as the two seed. You know, when you look at this team, we know what John Morant is is able to do on the offensive side of the ball. He's a little bit of a, ri- a liability defensively, but Dylan Brooks uh, had an excellent season. Steven Adams was a great addition uh, to this group. Jaron Jackson Jr., who was discussed in trade talks with the Brooklyn Nets, but he is outstanding on both sides of the floor. I thought he played very well in the postseason when John went down. Uh, the depth that this group has, they go legit 10-11 deep. I think Taylor Jenkins is, is one of the bright young head coaches in the NBA. Uh, so I've got the Grizzlies as the two seed. And of course, I have to have the defending world champion, Golden State Warriors, uh, as the number one seed. I think they win 64 games. Um, I've got him at 64 for the, for the sake of the fact that Steve Kerr brought up that some of the starters are going to play a little over 30 minutes about you know, about a month into the seasons, you know, guys like Steph, Clay, Draymond. Uh, but when you have the young talent, when you have guys like Jordan Poole, who just two years ago was a G leaguer to last year, making a huge impact in the regular season and playoffs. And now congrats to him uh, securing the bag long-term. Andrew Wiggins, of course, we know was was uh, the, the Warriors, to say the very least, fleeced the Timberwolves in that trade, not only getting Wiggins, but also uh, getting Jonathan Kaminga through the Timberwolves pick. And I think Kaminga has a good year. I think, look out, Dub Nation and, and NBA fans, look out for Moses Moody uh, to, to kind of assert himself as that second or third guy off the bench for the Warriors. I like his scoring ability. Uh, he can shoot the basketball. He's serviceable on the defensive end. James Wiseman has looked excellent in the preseason. Uh, I like what I'm seeing from him. I think about... Two, three months uh, down the road, I think he's going to take Kevon Looney's spot as a starting big man, uh, and I think that'll be better for Looney as well, uh, You know, not having to play as, as high minutes. Uh, and, and we know, obviously, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. You brought it up earlier, Barry. This very well could be their last dance together, considering Draymond's concert, contract situation, uh, although he could opt into next year, but we'll see. But this, this has a... You know, I've talked ad nauseum on my show about the fact that the Warriors aren't even the favorites to win uh, the Western Conference. Steph Curry was called the fifth best player in the NBA. I mean, it's it, it feels like it feels like a repeat of 2015. Uh, hopefully, not with the same result as 2016, because that still gives me nightmares. But uh, it, it feels like reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15 percent annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. 
Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. A sort of underdog type world champion for, for Golden State. I think Steph does Steph things. I think Clay has a big bounce back year. Finally, for the first time in four years, getting a full off season uh, rather than recovering from a knee uh, or or uh, or heel injury. So uh, I, I obviously love my Warriors at sixty four wins. Barry, one through six in the Western Conference. What do you think? Um, I, I mean, you have the Pelicans at six. I think if you're going to keep them as the top six teams, then they definitely are six. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the play-in as well. Um, and then one of those playing teams kind of bounced them out. So, um, yeah, uh, Dallas, I agree with you. You know, losing lo- losing Brunson is big, but getting 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 the 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 big man Christian, Christian Wood is is um that's definitely a great asset for them because it gives them balance. It gives them a little backup for Porzingis being in and out of the lineup, right? Uh, Porzingis um, is in Washington. Porzingis in Washington. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so they, so yeah. So now they they have him there that they can be able to really um benefit because he can shoot the outside. He can block shots. He's a really good guy. Um, if he can be able to stay healthy, that's one of his things that he yeah. needs to be able to show that he can be able to stay healthy long term. Uh, the interesting part of that is Denver. Denver. Mm-hmm. Denver is interesting because I, I can see that Denver and Memphis will be battling for that two and three spot all season, as well as the Clippers, too. I think the Clippers, those three teams are going to be vying for those three spots. So you may see that being like a like a round robin type of situation all season, uh, given that the Clippers, if they can stay healthy, you know, Mr. Load Management, you know, I think at this yeah. point in regards to his knees, there's a lot of bone on bone and there's nothing much that you can do with that. It's going to be about how he deals with the pain tolerance going forward in his career. So um, that that's the thing with, with, with Kawhi Leonard. Can he be able to just tolerate the pain enough to be able to just play, give them 60 to 65 games? It's possible, but we'll see. Um, with, with Denver, the problem that I have with Denver is the head coach. They're not okay. going to get any farther where they want to be unless they move on. I've been saying this for the last three years. He's just one of those guys. He's just a guy. So um, they they need to get a little bit more star power with their head coach, and I think that they can be able to really get to where they need to go. Um, given the injury history that they have with um, Porter Jr. and and Murray, if those guys can stay healthy, I think they have they have a decent shot. Fifty eight wins for the for the Grizzlies, and that that's that's high praise. That's high praise for them. Uh, they have a nice young core. Um, job missed a lot of games last year and they played very well with him being out of the lineup. Um, you know, they just, they just, uh, locked up Brandon Clark as well, I believe for a few yes, seasons. So, you know, they're keeping that core together, which is great. Um, I, I think 58 wins might be pushing it, but I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see them do that, but it's just, I, I think that that might be, that might be a little bit too early for them to, to crack 58 wins for the golden state warriors. Obviously I think that they're, they're the um the toast of the Western Conference in regards to talent, depth, cohesion. Um, you know they have a top three, four player in the league, and Steph. The young pieces are just you know they're they're coming into their own. 
Um, they don't need to rely on Draymond Green as much this season. And I think that's going to play into their plans of this being the last dance for him. Because, you know, for, for him to sign a, a, a contract extension, they're literally like Lakeup is literally going to be looking like like a, a billion dollar tax um, penalty or something like that. And it's yeah. like at that point, it doesn't make sense. You know, as much as you love a guy, you're not going to pay a billion dollars for your for your roster. Right. So, um, you know, this is this. I think they're going to give the the young players a little bit more responsibility this season, as they should see what they can do, um, see if they're going to be keepers or if they're going to be trade pieces. Right. So, you know, it's going to be very important to see what those young guys do. And then that's going to allow Draymond Green to uh, sit a lot more. So I think Golden State has the cohesion. They have the depth. They have the young pieces. They have the shooting. Uh, Obviously, they have the coaching. Um, So, yeah, I don't don't disagree with um, Golden State being the top team. 64 wins, uh, you know, leaning on the young guys early on in the season. I, I think 64 might be pushing it. But um, I do see them winning. I can see them winning fifty-eight to to sixty sixty games. Okay. Yeah. No, I I, I see where you're coming from. And and again, this this is there's a possibility maybe they could get off to a little bit of a slower start. But I'm looking right. at last year with with no Clay and no Wiseman, and they they had the best record in the NBA two months in before right. some of the, the the other injuries started to hit later yeah, on definitely. the season. And so, uh, you know, again. Having having fresh legs, you know, coming off of a a grueling six game series against Boston, uh, with again, it feels like it, and it's crazy. It, it's 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 a credit to them. It's 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 a little New England Patriots ish. Uh, finding the people out there that still doubt you. Uh, I, I know Clay's got a, an ongoing battle with uh, Ronnie Two K. Uh, right now, so you, you sort of have you sort of have that dynamic going on. I don't think the Draymond thing is going to be an issue, no. uh, as much as other people will be. We we, we kind of both agree. Like, it, was Draymond out of line for for slugging Jordan Poole? Of course he was. Um, but I, I don't think it's a a something that is going to hurt. I mean, if there if there's any locker room in basketball that can get through this, it's it's Golden State because of the leadership of guys like Steph Iguodala coming back for his 19th and final season. A uh, Kavon Looney has really emerged as as a team leader. Uh, and Steve Kerr, we know, is is you know one of the best in the business uh, in that regard. Let's see, we've got a um, we've got a comment here uh, from our guy Ryan Flowers. Shout out to our our grid teammate, Plus Sports Talk. He says, uh, "Chris Wood, UNLV." Yep, there you go. So played played at the University of of uh, of Las Vegas. So, but yeah, I mean, I I think we we agree for the most part in the Western Conference. So uh, bring us back up on the screen here. So. Right now, I'm I'm going to transition from now my my take a break from sort of the the team predictions now to individual awards. Okay. Uh, so uh, and and then once once I do each award, I'd like to hear what what your pick is. So we're going to start. We're we going to start. With? Okay, let's start with uh, most improved player. So this year, I've got the most improved player uh, as our guy Tyrese Maxey. Okay. Um, I think when you look at his improvement last year, taking a massive step forward, as you mentioned, sort of being that third guy for Philadelphia. Um, I'm curious to see that this is going to be a war that I think is, is going to be very interesting to kind of kind of watch in March and April once it starts to get voted on. 
because last year, John ja Morant winning the award didn't make a whole lot of sense to me just because I think the spirit of this award is a guy that we don't expect to be as good as he is. Like John ja Morant is exactly. an overall pick. Like right. we, he's supposed right. to be that good. Absolutely. Um, you know, I thought, you know, Jordan Poole, Desmond Bain, guys like that should have been in the discussion more than, uh, more than job. Ja, but I agree. That said, uh, we like what Tyrese Maxey has brought, you know, since he's been in Philadelphia. Uh, but I think he takes that extra step forward uh, as, as the most improved player for the 76ers. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on this? And uh, if you disagree, who would you pick to, to win most improved player? No, nah, I'm with you. I think he has a great chance to win it. Um, I saw a comment in the chat that, that RJ yeah. Barrett could definitely be one, which is, which is interesting. Um, sure. I like that. Um, yeah. So I, I think, I think that one to me, um, sticks out the most. I think Tyrese Maxey is is definitely in line for for the most improved player. He's he's so good. He, and he makes and he makes it look so easy that I think that his value may be a little higher than James Harden's value at this point in regards mm -hmm. to what he brings uh, with youth, athleticism, smarts, knows how to run the pick and roll. Can he's a microwave in regards to scoring. So. You know, there's a lot of things that he can be able to bring to that to that team that without him, they're not as dynamic. So that makes the 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 huge case for him to be most improved. Absolutely. Yeah. So so we agree on Tyrese Maxey again. I, I I'm with you. And I think there's an opportunity not to sort of get too off topic, but there's a chance, I think, for the 76ers to possibly move off of Tobias Harris's contract yep. and bring even more pieces. So uh, that could be even more beneficial in terms of, of spacing and giving uh, guys like Maxi opportunities to score, uh, not just, uh, you know, not just on the perimeter, but also he's, fantastic in transition uh you know with, with with James Harden and company so I've got Tyrese Maxey I guess we both have Tyrese Maxey uh, as our most improved players let's go to the sixth man of the year and I've got it as my man Jordan Poole just got the bag coming back to Golden State again when you talk about guys who have made that just a massive improvement Jordan Poole folks a few years ago, his rookie year and what was a forgettable year for my Warriors winning 15 games with all the injuries, Jordan Poole averaged nine points a game on 39% for the field. He was awful. It was stop. I mean, I remember watching games like, dude, why is the Steve Kerr just benching this guy? Like, I guess we're, we're, we're trying to tank, but. When you when you're talking about his his improvement shooting the basketball, he's got a underrated handle. He had probably the handle of the year last year against the Wizards, uh, and, and then a year after that, he's a G leaguer. And so you look at now, he, he's not only a champion, but he's he's a guy who I don't think Golden State could have won the championship without. Because when Steph Curry goes down, he's coming off the bench to start the postseason, and you got Jordan Poole. We got the pool party and everything doing what he did. Um, uh, he's again, he's, he's a defensive liability. You worry about that occasionally. You worry about shot selection uh, from time to time, but in, in terms of his his aggressiveness, in terms of his his again his, his ability to shoot the ball, I, I've I've gone so far as to say it's now the splash triplets in Golden State with with you know how he can get hot. I think I'm going to go out on a limb say in Jordan Poole could make a case to be an all-star this year. Uh, so what's what's your thoughts on, on my sixth man, Barry? Yeah, I think it's I think it's fair. Uh, I think Jordan Poole showed a lot last season that he can be able to be that third splash brother, uh, you know, take the weight of the offense at times and really uh, dominate a game, dominate a quarter, and be able to give, you know, the, the, the veterans some some uh, some needed rest. So I, I don't hate it. I, I really don't hate it. I think I have – you know, other guys in consideration like Kobe White. I like Kobe okay. White from Chicago. I think he's going to be motivated this year, um, given the fact that they couldn't, you know, come to an agreement with a contract extension for him. I think he's going to 
have a very, very good season and play himself into big money come the offseason. So look out for Kobe White in regards to, you know, what I think in regards to that. Uh, who else? I think I think if given the minutes, I think Obi Toppin can really Ooh, make some noise okay. as well. You know, what he did in the second half of last season, uh, I like what I saw out of him. So I think that Obi Toppin can really make some noise. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, I no, I like your picks, and you know, you're, you're I'm sort of looking at uh, some of the other guys. Uh, now Maxie's going to be a starter, so that's that's that that's out of the question. But yeah, I, I think it's possible. And and you look again when you talk about the again sort of the spirit uh, of well, that was most improved player, but you're talking about six man of the year guys who certainly could start in the majority of, of, of other teams around the NBA. Somebody could start for 22, 25 teams in the NBA, right. uh, especially given his promises, potential and his youth. Uh, you know, he has been, I don't think there's a better fit for six man on a team than Jordan Poole in golden state before we move on. Uh, yeah, we have a comment. Uh, Alberto P says, OB. <laughs> I assume Alberto is also a Knicks fan. Huge uh, Knicks fan. <laughs> there you go. We, we, we were getting the chat taken over by Madison Square Garden. We, we, all we need is Spike Lee at this point. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting to see who's able to come away. So moving on now to the rookie of the year. Uh, I think it's Jabari Smith. Uh, I, I think what, what you saw from him last year at Auburn, I, I know people get tired of hearing. We, we sort of give too many comparisons to uh, to this one individual player. Uh, anytime we talk about big guys that can score efficiently, but Kevin Durant, you see the similarities. Now, he's not as good in the defensive end as Kevin Durant is, uh, or even as Kevin Durant was when he came into the league, but his ability to shoot, to finish down low, uh, he, he's got a solid handle. Um, when you go to a Rockets team, which if, we, if you think Houston Rockets, one of the first thing that comes to your mind just historically is offense. And so I think having that identity there, um, having other scores around him, having a coach that's going to empower him to, to, to get better, to be able to develop him, uh, I think Jabari Smith is going to be the rookie of the year. What's your thoughts? I don't disagree with you. I, I think Jabari Smith just makes basketball look so easy. Mm. Uh, he's just so smooth, um, you know, has has the wingspan to be a great defender, um, great finisher, has the chance to have a really, really good stroke in regards to his jump shot. So I, I like the kid, man. I you know, you know me, I'm not a big fan of um Mr. uh Mr. Dookie down there in Orlando in yeah. NBA trans uh NBA uh, Bermuda. So um, you know, I, I think Jabari has all the tools to be able to to go to the next level, man. He's and the fact that they have a, a nice young nucleus over there, a bunch of fun players that mm -hmm. are on that team, I, I think Houston is going to be one of the, the definitely interesting and fun teams to watch, man. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Jabari Smith, hands down, is, is definitely going to be a rookie of the year. I think you're uh, under any Bancaro just a little bit. I guess I'm uh, than you are, but I've okay. seen enough of Mr. Pablo or Paolo to, 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 um, to have him any higher than where he is right now. I, I've seen a lot of failed basketball at my school in regards to Duke University to even think that he's going to be a franchise player. He can be a piece. He'd never be a piece. Sure. But in regards to being the guy, no. he's He doesn't have that type of mentality at all. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so we're moving on now to the defensive player of the year. And this may actually surprise people because, as I mentioned earlier in the show, he's my least favorite player in the league, Ben Simmons. 
Yeah. Um, I think should've, going should have got it. What? Uh, two years ago. Yeah, he should have. He should have gotten it over uh, over our favorite player uh, as well. But, you know, when you talk about versatility, I don't think it gets better than Ben Simmons. Right. Um, it, he can guard one through five. He can guard uh, he can guard big guys. He can guard Joel Embiid or he can guard Steph Curry. He's he's quick. He's agile. He's got length, uh, and he's going to a team that's going to need him to guard the best guys uh, on, you know, regardless of position uh, on a night-to-night basis. So, you know, the question for him is going to be health. If he is healthy, uh, considering what Brooklyn is is what they've been deficient in the last couple of years, I think Ben Simmons is going to fit perfectly with what they want to do. Um, guard again, once again, he's going to be guarding the best player. Every single night, not the best guard, not the best, the best player every single night for, for Brooklyn. So uh, defensive player of the year, Barry, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. I think Ben Simmons, you know, if you heard what Steve Nash has said um, coming out of camp, coming out of preseason, that they don't care if he shoots or not. If he wants to shoot, shoot. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But they want him to feel as comfortable as possible being the versi- you know, versatile player that he is, defending running the break, getting everybody set up, you know, just kind of being himself. They don't want him to, you know, kind of get over his sticks. They just want him to play within his own um, way of playing basketball, which is being a great defender, one to five, um, being able to to really be the last line of defenses sometimes too as well. So, you know, that he he's he's a talent. He's, you know, that's, that's one thing that people can never say about Ben Simmons. They can talk about his leadership. They can talk about – his his inability to to be clutch or hit free throws or anything like that, but the kid is talented, and you know I think that's why a lot of people are so fascinated with him because they see all the the talent there and they just don't understand why everything can't come together. But some players are just not built that way, and I think we have to start just appreciating Ben Simmons for who he is instead of what he couldn't be. You know what I mean? I think. Okay. Um, I think one guy that I think would have a shot at the defensive player of the year, other than Ben Simmons, I think, I think Evan Mobley, I think Evan Mobley would definitely, is definitely going to have a shot. Um, You know, he he has the same type of versatility to be able to play on the perimeter as well as protect the rim and play bigs. So look out for Evan Mobley, especially if he can stay healthy and that team, if you're going to have them, I think you had them as a top four team in the in the East. Top three team. Yeah, top three team. So if he's a, if they're a top three team, that means that Evan Mobley is having a defensive, um, uh, an amazing defensive season. You know what I mean? As well as uh, with um Jared Allen down there as well. So, but my criticism of Ben Simmons is not necessarily what he, him not reaching his potential. It's it's the fact that you have not seen the consistent, steady improvement. I mean, the gap between Ben Simmons, uh, his unofficial rookie year in 2018, and then now in 2022 is not big. Um, yeah. Now we again we know what he brings defensively. My criticism of him has always been the fact is, is, is that he has he hasn't improved his shot. 
Um, yeah. and he, it seemed like he is, he's, he's scared to improve his shot. He's scared to shoot in games. Um, and, and that's why you, you saw a lot in the playoffs, doc rivers, take him out. Uh, the, you had some, some issues there. I don't think there'll be those same issues with Steve Nash, uh, but I do think Ben Simmons will be the defensive uh, player of the year. Now you said that Evan Mobley would be your defensive player of the year, a guy to at least pay attention to. I think his coach is going to win coach of the year. I got JB Bickerstaff. I like that um, kid, man. I like him. He's good. He's- he is good, and, and you know, you look at the job that he did as the interim head coach in Houston uh, when Kevin McHale got fired that season. Uh, did as well of a job at least as, as he could have uh, with, with the way that locker room was at. He was in Memphis for a time. Now he's in Cleveland. The job that he has done, and in, in the job that him and his staff have done developing these young players so quickly, um, I, I think is is underappreciated. If I'm being completely honest with you, so when you look at what. Again, I, I think Cleveland is going to be a top three seed in the East, and for that reason, I think that's that's going to be part of the reason why he he wins Coach of the Year. Um, but man, when you, when you've got some of the young guys that they have, and just to to go from like I said, from just garbage to be twenty something win team to if Jared Allen does not go down, they are a playoff team. Uh, and the, the job he's done in terms of adjustments, getting these these young guys to commit to the defensive side of the floor. Um, the, the, I, I like the offense that they run in Cleveland. So, uh, particularly with Garland. Um, I, I think J.B. Bickerstaff is going to be this year's coach of the year. What's your thoughts? Oh, I don't hate it. I think he's definitely the 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 runaway favorite um, right now. I, I, I don't dispute it if I'm going to put somebody else who's definitely going to have a shot at it as well is Ty Lue. I think Ty mm-hmm. Lue is going to have a shot at winning coach of the year this year because given what he did with that team last season, uh, with all the injuries that they had, and now they're going to be fully loaded. And I'm sure they're going to have some injuries again. He's going to have to do some more coaching and some more adjustments and stuff. Ty Lue is very underappreciated, just like Bickerstaff is at times. And I think Ty Lue is definitely going to be in a run too. Yeah, and again, I you you guys know I really like Cleveland this year, and that's 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 not a statement you're going to hear very much on carving it up because I I just have a I truly despise I don't hate the people I just truly despise the sports teams in the city of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, yeah, shout so, to Mike Guido, he's the only I love Mike Guido. I know too. So. Yeah, no, no, I, no, love Mike, love Mike. Also, also uh, the the co-founder of the Grid, along with yourself. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Mike Guido. I think he's in for uh for a good season as a Cavs fan. Now, uh, the the one award that's we all talk about, to be honest, we could honestly, in the scheme of things, care less about the other ones. Uh, the one we debate every year, most valuable player. I, I, I get up in arms about the middle uh, letter, the V word, what truly is valuable. I think this year, the most valuable player will be Luka Doncic. Hmm. Um, I picked it a couple of years ago. Here's here's the difference, because Luka could, very well could have been in the MVP discussion last year with the way he played, especially down the stretch. But what I'm looking at with Luka is this. The issue the last couple of years has been coming into the season out of shape. Now, has he overcorrected a bit and gotten in, I guess, what you could call too good of shape? Maybe. Um, but again, a guy who's, what is he, 23, being able to score you know 30 points a game, almost pull a Russell Westbrook average a triple-double, but do it far more efficiently than Russ does. Being able to score at ease, make it look uh, as easy as it gets in the NBA. Uh, there's certainly other candidates. I thought about Steph. I thought about Giannis, uh, but I decided to have Luka Doncic as my most uh, valuable player this season for the Dallas Mavericks. What's your, what's your thoughts on this, Barry? I don't hate it. I think the way the NBA is going, I mean, you know, We've seen European players or international players kind of dominate <laughs> yep. the MVP the last few seasons. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's where it's going. And given the fact that Jokic won the the MVP in the position where the Denver Nuggets were last year, 
Yep. I mean, we're going to see because the thing is, the MVP changes every season. Oh, 100%. we think that we understand what the parameters are and what the guidelines are. And then they just completely move the goalposts all the time. So, you know, if if the Mavs finish in five, are they going to say, well, they, they didn't finish high enough? Can't you? Because, then there's they can't be because a, Jokic won at six last year. This, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> So, you know, if that's if that's if somebody's going to say and obviously you're going to have context to be able to say, hey, wait, listen, what happened here? But, you know, us driving ourselves crazy thinking about why they choose the MVP and what are their reasons? I'm not going to get into that, because like I told you, there are people that vote for the MVP that know nothing about basketball. I'm telling you right now, that's a for a fact. fact, I know, I know. For fact. <laughs> no, no, I know I'm what you're just, saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Leave right now. it there. So, um, you know, but I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate that. Um, I don't hate that selection. I think Luca is arguably the best young player in the league. Um, he just makes everything just look very easy. And you know, if he can go to the next level, I think Dallas can be able to do that as well. You know, if if he can turn that gear, Dallas can possibly see themselves winning 53, 54 games. You know, that's on the high side if everything breaks well. But, you know, he has the potential and the talent to do so. So we'll see. Yeah. And, and again, is there any other names? Like, if, if this is your pick, do you have a pick for MVP or? I, I mean, it's 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 always the same names, right? I mean, Giannis is going to be up there, of course, right? Um, Steph is going to be up there, of course. Jokic is going to be up there, of course. But if, if there's a surprise um a surprise candidate, man. Um, ben Simmons? No. <laughs> I would say hey, this is this is really going on a limb. Okay. Kyrie. I knew you were going to say Kyrie. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I, I, I don't know. I think he's going to be on his best behavior this season. I don't think okay. Kyrie is going to have any problems off the court. I don't think you're going to see any PTO. I don't think you're going to really see anything like that, uh, Bryson. I think he's going to put himself in a situation where he can be able to get paid. And he knows that being on his best behavior is going to allow him to do so. But running into that, he may end up having one of his best seasons ever and really falling into consideration for the MVP. Well, one of the things I've always said about Kyrie Irving and that I don't think he does get enough credit for is we know about his, his scoring ability and is to me the best handle that I've personally ever seen. He's also an incredible, especially for size, an incredibly efficient player. Right. Uh, I, I think I, I think about that game against his former team, Cleveland, in the playing game where he went like 10 for 10 or, or 14 for his first 14, something crazy. He's a 50, um, 40, 90 guy, Bryce. He like, is. He is. It's amazing. Hey, no, he, he's he's fantastic. Are you sure this isn't a recruiting pitch to the Lakers? Or... <laughs> I'm just well, saying... listen, if it's a recruiting pitch, we, we would really have to overpay this guy if he ends up winning the MVP, right? So, I mean. Then what you got now, point guard? Yeah, well, listen, anything's better than what we got right now, point guard. That's true. But, um, but, but yeah, I, no, I just think that just the talent that they have, if everything breaks well in Brooklyn, they can really have a good season. I, I You know, given the fact that, you know, they're going all in, we don't know if Kevin Durant is going to be there next season. We don't know if Kyrie is going to be there next season. We don't know if Steve Nash is going to be there next season. So there's a lot that everybody is focused on. There's a lot riding on this season for Brooklyn. So I think, you know, if everything breaks perfect, I think he can definitely um, 
be a surprise dark horse for MVP. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the fact that you're going on a limb with that one. So, again, uh, we got the regular season. We got the award winners. But at the end of the day, legacies are defined in April, May, and definitely in June. So let, let's I'm gonna start based on my uh, standings predictions. Go ahead and put out the play-in tournaments. Here's how it would play out. You would have Chicago facing Atlanta, the Knicks facing the Hornets out east, and then the west you'd have Portland and the Lakers, and then you'd have Minnesota and Phoenix. Uh, my predictions for that would be I think the Hawks would beat the, uh, the the Bulls to get into the playoffs as the seven seed. I think the Knicks would beat the Hornets. Hornets going out immediately in the play-in tournament for a third consecutive year. Again, I, I, I one of the biggest things about Charlotte is they they might be a bottom five team defensively. They are awful on the end of the floor. Um, although I do like the progression of Lamelo Ball. Uh, your Lakers knock out the Blazers. Simply put, they just have they just have better players. I mean, there's there's, right. there's no other way really around that. Uh, and then I've got the Suns for all of their issues. I think they'll they'll beat the Timberwolves uh, to. Getting as the seven C. What's what, what do you think about this? Uh, I would I would say the Timberwolves would would surprise. Okay. Yeah, I I, th- I got the Timberwolves over the Suns. I think everything else um is kind of is okay. Maybe the Bulls over the o- over the Hawks, but give it you know given how how they're gonna look towards the end of the season. Uh, Knicks over Hornets. I think that's fair. And Lakers over over Blazers definitely yes. All right. So so based on those predictions, uh, that would have. A uh, for the basically the winner go home basically a game seven uh, essentially you got you I would have Knicks Bulls uh, sort of a throwback to the nineties and then you have Lakers uh, Timberwolves which is a throwback to what the 04 conference finals thing it was yes what year 04 conference finals last time Minnesota got there uh, and when it's all said and done I think the Bulls and the Lakers would both advance to the playoffs as the eight seed uh, I thought about putting the Knicks as the winner but I decided I'm, I'm going to go with Demar Derozan over anybody else that the Knicks have so what what do you That's think fair. about this. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that. I, it's it's about matchups, right? And DeRozan was so good last season, and I he think, um, you know, they still have a lot there in Chicago. They still have Vukovic. They still they still are very very deep, or or you know, not very deep, but they have a good starting lineup. Um, you know, they got my boy over there in regards to Caruso. So yeah. I, I I like that 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 matchup there with Chicago and the Knicks, and I got Chicago winning definitely. Uh, Lakers. And Timberwolves, obviously, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have their size. This is not gonna be a a speed versus, you know, I think they're gonna try to match size with size. Um, but you know, the the at the end of the day, the Lakers have LeBron James. And yep. that's that's the difference. That's the difference in regards to a big time game like that, especially if everybody plays the way they need to play, if everybody um, you know, progresses, you know, if Kendrick Nunn, if um you know, JTA, if everybody plays well, Lonnie Walker, um, hopefully you get some production out of the bigs and uh, Thomas Bryant and, and um, Damian and Jones, Martin, Damian Jones. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. They, they have, they have an interesting team. The Lakers do right. Yeah. I'm not saying that they have a championship team. It's an interesting team because it can break either way. They can be really bad or they can be pretty good and they can actually have a shot. So, We'll see what what happens with them, but in regards to Minnesota, I think everybody's overrating them. I, I'm with you. I need to see it before I even give them any praise in regards to putting those two bigs together. It just it's just very clunky. It really is. So yeah, it is. I'm with you. And it felt like they were kind of reaching at, at, at something that's not there, just yeah. just for the sake of improving their roster, just because right. they, you know, uh, I guess they have a, a it's, he's an upgrade over whoever else they had backing up. Uh, um, uh, cat at center, uh, I guess Nas Reed, uh, was it was that guy, right? 
But, uh, but yeah, in these game seven type situations, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it really is true. I mean, who, <laughs> who are you going to trust the young core of Minnesota or LeBron James? Like exactly. it, it, kind of, it kind of ends there. So, uh, so that would set up these matchups in the first round out East. You would have the Bulls taking on the Bucks. You would have the Heat taking on the Celtics, the Hawks against the Sixers, and then the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, so looking at these matchups, I thought long and hard about it. And when it was all said and done, I decided to go with the Bucks sweeping the Bulls, which I thought they should have done a year ago. The Celtics winning in six games over Miami in a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Sixers beat Atlanta in six games. That Trey Young makes it close, wins them a couple games. Uh, and then I got Nets in seven over the Cleveland Cavaliers. So despite what I think is going to be a great regular season from Cleveland, what the heck are they going to do to stop Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving over the course of a seven-game series? So uh, given these matchups, Barry, what what do you think? The only one that I have, um, well, two I have reservations about. Uh, it's the Miami and the Boston series. Um, like I said, I, I don't know if the Celtics are going to have enough gas this year. Um, I would flip that. I would put Miami in six. Um, and in regards to the Cavs and the Nets, that's interesting because with the Nets, it's matchup based. If they have a good matchup, they have a shot. If the matchup is not favorable, I don't know if I can pick them because, you know, Cleveland with JP over there, um, they're going to play a physical style of basketball. They're big. They're, 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 they're mobile. They block shots. They they get into you. They got guys that can play defense and can really compete. So Nets in seven. Uh, it's not a it's not a horrible pick, but maybe I'll lean Cavs in seven. Okay. Yeah. That's fair, and you you brought, you brought up the the physical nature of it. You know, I, I think Boston definitely uh, provided the blueprint to everybody on how to Correct. beat the Nets in a seven game series, which they did in a very close four games. But nevertheless, a sweep is a sweep. Right. Um, the reason I had Celtics and six over Miami, and I considered picking Miami, but the only thing is this, and it's it's the reason I picked Boston last year, which kind of manifested itself what you saw in that series. Miami has no offense outside of Jimmy Butler. Um, and now Tyler Hero dealt with injuries, but he, even before he got hurt, he was atrocious uh, in that conference finals. By the way, congrats to him on on getting that big deal this offseason. But in terms of Boston's, they're not that young anymore. Jason Tatum's going into to year five. Uh, I'm sorry, year six. Yeah, year six for Jason Tatum, year seven for Jalen Brown. So they're you know they're not kids anymore. Uh, you, you've got Robert Williams, hopefully coming in this season more healthy than it did a year ago. Um, and I, I just trust the guys. I certainly trust the Celtics more in terms of shooting. Uh, and I get the, the matchup. You would certainly favor Miami in terms of coaching with Eric Spolstra. Uh, but I would take the Celtics to win that series uh, in six games. So now to the Western Conference first round. Uh, I would be our teams facing in the first round. Your Lakers versus my Warriors. I'd have the Pelicans and the Nuggets. And then you got the Phoenix Suns, Memphis Grizzlies, and then you got the Dallas Mavericks and the LA Clippers. And uh, if, if those matchups do in fact happen, I think it will be a Warriors gentleman sweep over the Lakers because nobody sweeps LeBron James. He is, I mean, I know we did it twice, but he was in Cleveland for crying out loud. Uh, I think the Pelicans upset the Nuggets in seven. Grizzlies take out the troubled Suns in six. And uh, your favorite, I got the Mavericks beating the uh, Clippers, which they were not able to do in 2020 and 21. Um, Sort of what I'm going with Lakers-Warriors, again, I, I don't think much needs to be said in terms of the Warriors are better defensively. They're deeper. Uh, I like Darvin Ham, but he's certainly not as, as proven as Steve Kerr. Uh, I've got Pelicans over the Nuggets simply because if you look at Nikola Jokic's numbers in the playoffs, they don't, they don't hold a candle 
to his regular season numbers. I've I've been one to say I trust Jamal Murray uh, in the postseason. I, he, I've seen more from him uh, in those big moments than I've seen from Jokic. Uh, and I think this is Zion's coming out party, I've said, coming into the season. So I take the Pelicans to advance. I mean, crap, they almost beat the 64-win Suns last year. Uh, Grizzlies and six over Phoenix. Uh, CP3 has a vintage CP3 game here or there. Uh, but simply put, Memphis, once again, is deeper, better coached. Uh, and I do like Monty Williams, but I, I – favor Taylor Jenkins in that matchup. Grizzlies would advance. And and you brought up earlier when you were talking about, uh, I think it was the Nets-Cavs series. It's all about matchups in the postseason, and I think Dallas is a horrendous matchup for the Clippers because of their ability to shoot the basketball, because of their ability to play small with the Clippers. Uh, and, and who out there, I don't care if it's Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, anybody, who is going to stop Luka? They couldn't right. stop them in 2020 or in 21 when they probably should have lost that series. Uh, you you have an upgrade at head coach in um, uh, in Jason Kidd. So I, I think the Mavericks would would knock out our favorite team, the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, in seven games. So what's your thoughts on, on these four series? Yeah, I love the Mavs pick. I, I think I would even say Mavs in six. Um, Pelicans, I would definitely flip that. I think I think – I agree with you in regards to Jokic. You know, the physicality of the playoffs it really shows, and he's not as dominant as he is. But, you know, I, I still think that Jamal Murray um, is just so special. He is. And and he, he's been there for in regards to knowing how to take over a series. So I would have Denver winning that in six. Um, you give the Suns way too much credit. I don't think that they would be able to hang with the Grizzlies in six games. That that would be five, if not four. Um, and the Lakers, the fact that the Lakers are actually in that situation to have to deal with the Warriors in a first-round series, I, I'm not going to – I can't dispute Warriors in five. It may even be four. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Matchups are really important for the Lakers. If they, if they get the proper matchup in the first round, then they can advance. I, I myself – said that I see my Lakers getting to the second round, but it all depends on who they play. So, yeah. you know, that's 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 pretty fair. Okay. Well, you, so you think so you think LeBron James going to get swept twice by his son? Yes. Really? By his yes. man. So Steph Curry still owns LeBron. Uh, okay, so uh, so moving on to the second round out east, uh, you, you would have a, a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference second round between the Celtics and the Bucks, uh, and then you have Nets versus 76 with James Harden facing his old team. Uh, and I think the, that matchup would come out to Bucks in five. Um, I, I think again, Boston, a little bit similar to Phoenix, is a troubled basketball team. I think it would have been Bucks in five had Chris Middleton been healthy last year. A lot yeah. of close games in that series that Boston was able to to barely pull away simply because the Bucks didn't have enough shot makers outside of Giannis. Uh, and I've, I'd have 76ers in six games over Brooklyn because they're deeper. Uh, I think for all the questions we have at, about Doc Rivers and his, you know, his colored history in the playoffs in terms of a coach, I certainly trust him more than I trust Steve Nash. Um, I, I think the the Sixers with P.J. Tucker are well-equipped to, you can't stop Kevin Durant, but to at least uh, uh, handle Kevin Durant uh, and Kyrie Irving. So uh, I, I would take the Sixers to win in six over uh, the Nets. So what do you think would happen should these matchups play out in the second round? No dispute here for me. I think you you okay. hit the nail on the head in regards to Bucks and five. Um, if the six, if, if the uh, the the Celtics even get there, um, Sixers and six, that's fair. Um, you got two coaches that have no idea what they're doing in regards to clutch time situations, but you have to pick one, right? So, um, yeah, give me Doc, give me Doc against Steve Nash, Sixers and six. That's that that sounds plausible. 
All right, so moving on to the West now, you would have a rematch of the Western Conference Finals between the Mavs and the Warriors, and probably the least interesting second-round series just because they're not big NBA brands, the Pelicans uh, and, and the Grizzlies. I think that'd come out to dubs in five, just like it did a year ago against Dallas, and I would take the Grizzlies to win in six uh, over the Pelicans. Simply put, and it's, it's again, it's, it's why I, I had the dubs winning last year uh, over the Mavericks is, again, it's about matchups. They 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 did a respectable job in the first and last game of that series uh, against Steph Curry. But in those games, Clay Thompson went off or Jordan Poole went off. They just don't have enough defensively in terms of one-on-one guys that can hang with Golden State. Golden State, we we understand about the ball movement, you know, especially the guards constantly moving without the basketball, Draymond being the great distributor that he is, uh, and also size as well. I think that's something that you could see if these two were to match up. You could see something come into the picture with, with Kevon Looney. I think he had like 17 rebounds in one of those games against the Mavericks in the conference finals. James Wiseman also in, in, in the picture. Uh, and some of the young guys like uh, like Patrick Baldwin, who they took in the first round. So I would take Warriors in five, Grizzlies in six over the Pelicans. Again, I, I think this is the Grizzlies take another step forward. They get to the conference finals for the first time uh, in, I think, 11 years, if I'm not mistaken, 10 years, 10 years. So what's your thoughts? Oh, man. Yeah, I think uh, Warriors in five is, is, is fair. That's definitely – I don't see the, the – the um the Mavericks winning any more than a game. Grizzlies mm-hmm. in six, I would definitely agree with you. I, I would even probably even go five because Grizzlies are just they're just a juggernaut. They really are. In regards to the Pelicans, obviously if if, if um Zion can stay healthy, that's the matchup that we would love to see. You know, the the tale of the number one and number two pick. I said that, you know, Ja was the 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 generational talent and Zion was just for now. And um I am not wavering off my off my thought process in regards to that. Um, Grizzlies will definitely win that series, hundred percent. Okay, I respect that. So uh, that would leave us down to four teams in the conference finals. Out east, you would have. I'm really going on a limb here, seeing the top two seeds in both conferences. By the way, um, so in the Eastern Conference, you chalk. have the Sixers. What's that? Definitely chalk. Yeah, no, it is. It is. I, I got the Sixers <laughs> and the Bucks. In the Eastern Conference Finals, and I would take the uh, I almost said Buccaneers. I would take the Milwaukee Bucks to win in six games over Philadelphia again. It would be an interesting matchup in terms of it's two big teams, it's two good defensive teams, it's two teams that shoot the basketball well. Um, but when we talk about the these Eastern Conference Finals, it often comes down to at this stage of the playoffs, best player versus best player, and. Too many times in the postseason, I've seen Joel B either come up small or deal with some kind of nagging injury that seems to come out of nowhere. I mean, who who'd have predicted last year he'd have suffered a very serious eye injury? Uh, I mean, that, that one just came out of nowhere. So if he either limps into the playoffs or if he suffers one in the first or second round, uh, that, that's that's advantage Milwaukee without a question. I think Giannis does his thing. Uh, I would take the, the Milwaukee Bucks to win six. So uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I like it. I, I, I just feel that you know, Giannis is just going to be unstoppable in that series. There's nobody that they can really put on him that's going to slow him down, stop him, anything. And when you have to rely on James Harden for mm-hmm. anything, it's going to be a problem. It's an issue. So, um, you know, if if Joel can stay healthy, he gives them a fighting chance. Uh, but, you know, the Bucks just being so consistent and having all facets of the game locked down, outside shooting, Perimeter defense, rim protection, um, you know, coaching is definitely a push here, right? Uh, you know, it you is. got two coaches that you really can't trust in certain situations, but talent wins out. And I think Giannis, 
Giannis and the Bucks end up winning it in six. So, yeah, I got the Milwaukee Bucks advancing to the finals. We've got a comment here. Our guy, John Rivera, shout out from the Fan Perspective podcast. He says, let's go Bulls. Uh, you missed a big opportunity there, John, John, to, to come in and say, uh, let's go Yankees, which he always does on my show. Uh, <laughs> you you, you kind of missed your, your opportunity, my man. But, uh, but yeah, I, sorry, sorry, John, John. I think the Bulls are, are eight seed and out in the first round. Out West, you got a rematch of the second round series between the Memphis Grizzlies and my Golden State Warriors. I think just like last year, this is a slugfest. This is back and forth. I I'd be shocked if a team won two straight games in the series. I think the matchup in terms of Golden State shooting with Memphis's defense and size is a fascinating matchup. Again, the the the, the coaching uh, um, uh, uh, chess sort of type situation with with Kerr and Jenkins, I think is fascinating. But of course, you know, I got my Golden State Warriors winning in a decisive seventh game at the Chase Center. So uh, again, I, I again I don't see either team winning back to back games in the series. Long as everybody stays healthy, we know John was injured last year, and the Warriors won two of the last three uh, to, to advance the conference finals in 2022. Uh, in 2023, this one goes the distance. This one goes to Game Seven. What do you think, Barry? Um, yeah, I like it. I like the fact that you you picked your Warriors in seven. I'm going the other way though. I wow. have Grizzlies in six games. Oh, six! Wait. Grizzlies in six. Stop. I'm telling you, man. I like the Grizzlies physicality. Um. You know, the dynamic between the two point guards, I like that matchup. I like uh, Desmond Bain, uh, you know, his defense, his, his ability to shoot the ball on the outside. It's going to be a great matchup to see, but I do think that, and I'm one of those people, that, you know, I, I was very, very um, steadfast on saying that before Ja got hurt, if Ja didn't get hurt in that series last season, we might be we might be singing a different tune in regards to Warriors winning. So, um. You know, if everything, if everybody stays healthy, I think, I think the Memphis Grizzlies, man, I think they got it in six. Okay. So are you saying now, before I get to my finals prediction, so who would be, and I've also got comments here that I'll get to in just a second. Who would be your finals pick? Do you have a finals pick as of now? Or are you going to reveal that in your show or? No, no, no. Sort of we can definitely have the five. My, my finals pick is Bucks Grizzlies. Um, okay. That's what, that's if everything breaks well for the Grizzlies, but if I'm going to, you know, I have two things. It's about thinking with my head and heart, right? So, mm, yeah. Um, thinking with my head, I think it's the matchup that I wanted to see from last year: Bucks and Warriors in yeah, the finals. Yeah, did. Uh, if I'm thinking with my heart, like I said, if everything breaks well for the for the Grizzlies, I, I'm I'm over here. It's if 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 right. So if I'm yeah. thinking with my heart, it's definitely Bucks and Grizzlies. But my head, Bucks and Bucks and Warriors. So you're essentially admitting to zero objectivity whatsoever. No, no, no. I mean, there's definitely objectivity. I'm just saying, like, if the Grizzlies stay healthy, right? right. I think I know, I that you. they can be able to beat the beat the the Golden State Warriors. However, we don't know that. You know what I'm saying? So I think that right. it's more leaning towards Bucks Warriors, honestly. Right, and and it could be it could be an interesting matchup. Uh, should should you get a series uh, uh, between those two? Before we move to my finals prediction, got a couple. Uh, from John Rivera. He says, James Harden about to go nuts this year. Watch. I, I mean, I do expect a good year from James Harden, certainly not an MVP caliber what do you season. Mean, what does he mean by nuts? I'm, <laughs> come on, man. What, 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 no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being funny. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's about, it's James Harden. We all know that James Harden is always going to be good in the regular seasons. The playoffs, that's the problem. That's the problem. He's always going to, he's going to be, he's going to lead the league in assists possibly be top two top three in, in assists 
And when it comes to the playoffs, when the games are officiated very closely or physical, he's going to start looking at the refs and start to complain. That's what he does. So I've seen 13 years of this. There's no shock to me. Especially, so in regards to going nuts, I, I don't I don't get that that sentiment. Okay, uh, and John Jones predicts us. Oh, so he's got a triple double season for James Harden, and and I, and I don't they, see him and, averaging twenty five, or or ten, or ten rebounds for that matter. I I'll, I'll say I'll give him a twenty two, ten seven and, and eight. six. Okay, twenty two seven and eight. Yeah. Okay. So I got a double-double season for James. And, and that's uh, particularly, it seems to always be in game sixes as well, James Harden, as at home. Uh, in See, particular J- that he- J- John is one of those guys, man. I remember when Westbrook got traded to the Lakers. and He triple-double. He's a big it's Westbrook like, fan. It's like, dude, like you, the eyes don't lie. You're seeing regression in James Harden. You're seeing regression in Russell Westbrook. That's the way it is. I'm not... I'm not yeah. seeing any. There's a reason why he wanted to go to the Philadelphia 76ers. He needs to go to the Philadelphia 76ers to get that cover. He needs to be under a guy that's going to be the guy. And that's the problem. He's not the guy right. anymore. He's not. No, no, no. Th- those days have passed. Couple more comments here. Uh, John just says Boston versus Warriors again. Uh, I, I don't see Boston getting past the, the second round without without Ime Odoka, but he I, says Warriors healthy win it all again. I like that. I, I don't John even John. see them. I don't even see them being on the first round. But no, no, it's. I mean, there's a chance that that could be the case. Uh, so let's let's put up the graphics. So I accidentally put Western Conference Finals in a little box above uh, for for the uh, for Bucks Warriors. So I'll just go and put up the screen right now. The winner. I'm, I'm sure I'm really keeping everybody on their on their toes right now because um, they have no idea who I'm going to pick. But the winner of the 2023 uh, 2023 NBA Finals will be. My Golden State Warriors in seven games. <laughs> Why am I not surprised, Bryson? Why I know I I, I I wanted to keep I want to keep everybody kind of on their toes a little bit yes, and really yes. build the anticipation the best I could. The, dr- the drum roll was definitely suspenseful. Absolutely. It was. It was. I mean, six yeah. seconds of, of just you know um, pure anxiety. But uh, <laughs> I got my Warriors winning in seven. It's the last two NBA champions facing uh, against one another. It's the matchup I think that the, we wanted to see last year, but we didn't get due to the fact that Milwaukee dealt with numerous injuries. Uh, but I think we'll get it this year. I think both teams will be, I mean, as healthy as a team can be going into a finals because we know there's obviously nagging injuries along the way. But I trust, to me, what, what breaks it, uh, Barry, because I think it's not only the last two NBA champions, but I think it's, it's the two best players. I think it's Steph and Giannis are, are, are the best two players currently uh, in, in basketball. Both teams are deep. Both teams shoot the basketball well. Both teams are great defensively. Now, Milwaukee is bigger, but as I said earlier when I was talking about the Warriors against the Mavericks, Golden State can add a level of size due to the fact that you got Looney coming back, and I really like what I've seen thus far from James Wiseman in camp and now in the preseason coming into the regular season. So they can combat that to a certain degree. Uh to me, what decides it, though, is, is Steve Kerr versus Mike Budenholzer. And yeah. that's what does it. Steve Kerr, his whole tenure in Golden State has always known when to push the right buttons. Of course, the most notable is back his first year when he benched uh, uh, Andrew Bogut in favor for Andre Guadalla, who hadn't started a game that season. And the Warriors won the last three games uh, to win the NBA Finals over Cleveland. So um, in terms of poise... In terms of adjustments, I think Golden State wins on both fronts, and they win the championship for the fifth time in the last nine years. So, what's what's your thoughts? I have Bucks in six. Hmm. 
I, I listen. I think that both teams. It's gonna be a hard fought six games. We're not talking about. Um, you know, it's gonna feel more like uh, Chicago in '98. Oh, okay. Where you know all the games were pretty tight knit. You know, it could go either way. Uh, one team was favored to win it over the other one, and the other team, it, you know, happened to win it. So, um, yeah, I, I think that both teams are dynamic. They can shoot from the outside. They have defense. They have rebounding. Um, the edge goes to coaching, obviously, to Golden State. But when you have Giannis, who is literally the most unstoppable player in the NBA, um, that gives you more than a fighting chance to to win oh, a series. Of course. And, you know, the fact that they have the outside shooting, there's not much double teaming that you can do with Giannis in a situation like that. So. How would that series play out? What type of defensive schemes would would Kerr try to try to unleash in that series? Is Draymond going to be enough to be able to you know just kind of slow him down or kind of frustrate Giannis? I, let me bit? interrupt you real quick. I think they'd put Wiggins on Giannis. They'll probably put Wiggins or or, or Kaminga. Yeah, you're right. Or Kaminga, right. right? Yeah, just to combat so, his athleticism. Right. So you know we we're just going to see if those if 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 they're going to be up for the challenge because that's that's a tall task to have to to have to deal with. It really is. It is. I mean, listen, it, it will be a, without question, a go-either-way series. I think it'll be one of the better finals that we've seen uh, in recent memory. And I, and I think it, it would be uh, our first seven-game series since, of course, uh, my heart got split into a million pieces back in 2016 by the great LeBron oh, yeah. James and Kyrie Irving. Um, oh, yeah. It's the worst night of my NBA rooting life, but, hey, listen, it, it, <laughs> you, you win some, you lose some. But it, I think man. it's going to be a happy ending. My Warriors will claim championship number eight, staying in that third place all time behind only <sighs> uh, the the Celtics and your Lakers, of course. You guys will hold that for all time. Don't worry. And the finals MVP, who else could it be? Wardell, Stephen Curry, the second. When he, <laughs> his back-to-back finals MVP should be four. He should have three MVP, finals MVPs oh, by now. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, yes. Yeah, why why did I sign up to be on this show? Why? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you knew it was going to happen. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. I thought I, you I were going to be objective. I thought that you were going to have some type of objectivity and not do this. But once I came on and I saw the outfit, I was like, okay, I, I, I get what I'm, 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 I'm getting into right now. I understand. I understand it. I get Listen, it. How, how, how can I believe in and trust anybody else <laughs> when everybody else ain't got these? Just, you know just fake it. Fake it for a little bit. You know what I mean? Just fake it just for a little bit. bit. Just, yeah. just a little bit, so people can say, you know what, you know, Bryson is actually, you know, he, he's going another way, man. I, I, I might have to, I don't know, I might have to believe him a little bit, and then you can flip the tide later in the season. Just do that, do that. Who was right? I, who was I picked to win the championship back in October of 2021? I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh yeah, it was Golden State. Yeah, I yeah. picked Golden State to win the finals after they missed the playoffs last two years, and you nobody will, was picking Golden State. You will be wrong this year, sir. Will I? You'll be wrong. Okay. Yeah. We, we we got a wager on this one that we'll reveal later uh, yes. in, in the season. Whoever either loses, my, man. Either my Grizzlies or my or the Bucks are going to be able to get it done. I I, okay. I got a, One of those teams going to get it done for me. I don't know who it is, but one of them going to get it done. <laughs> I don't trust Memphis. All right, so Barry Grant Jr., for, uh, before we get out of here, give give, give the people, uh, the uh, for anyone who's been living under a rock, uh, that all of you wave, man. It's it's, it's going crazy right now. You, you got that Saturday show going. You got that brand new studio. Uh, which looks amazing. So, so talk about your show. Talk about where they can find it, and talk about the Grid Network as well, if you could. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, you know, you could definitely find me at All Even Podcast on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on TikTok, um, Facebook as well. Barry Grant Jr. Um, yeah, it's, it's listen. The show is a lot of fun, man. Catch it on Saturdays. Um, you know, we talk about a 
array of stuff, you know, hip hop culture, um, sports, obviously. And, you know, my, my acclaimed dummy of the week is always the best. Yes. Um, you know, we have more people coming uh, coming by in the studio week to week. So it's always a, a, a party in regards to when when people come down here and, you know, they have a lot of, they have a lot of fun, have a good time. Um, the grid grid network, you know, please go ahead and support that. Um, you know, it's definitely a collection of great, talented people. Um, you know, Bryson, Ryan Flowers, Patrick Brown, Alfred Parsaw Jr., the Can fan boys out there in Canada and Adam. And Alex, um, you know, we're, we're, we're just looking to expand and, 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 you know, looking for more talent, looking for more people to join the fold, um, you know, so you can catch that at you know, grid underscore network on, on uh, Instagram, the grid network on, tw- on uh, Twitter, excuse me. Uh, you can go on to YouTube uh, grid network and, and catch all the latest shows, um, you know, all the latest shorts and all that stuff. We have a lot of content in a very short period of time. I think I looked, um today and I, I think we have like 70 videos up close to 70 so it's like it's you know we're too. yeah we're we're really we're really you know pounding out the uh the content which is really great so you know it's just gonna keep keep the page growing uh you know i'm proud of everybody that's a part of it um you know you you guys have been doing the groundwork and and, and busting your ass so i really appreciate and um you know it's just gonna be a lot of fun as we keep growing um you know, we uh, we're going to be building more shows, more content coming out there, um, you know, so definitely look out for that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Barry Grant Jr., the always objective Barry Grant Jr. <laughs> on Carving Up Live. Barry, appreciate you coming on the show and doing this, and here's to a great NBA season. Absolutely, man. That was Barry, host of the All Even Podcast, co-host of the Grid Network. It's great to have him on, as always, uh, to talk about this new NBA season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. 82 games every team, of course, mid-October to mid-April. Listen, we're, 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 it's the first part of the season, it's, it's always just like it is in the NFL, just like it is in any league. You, you'll have your occasional fool's gold here and there. Um you know, of course, we remember that certain teams, I remember the Wizards got off to a great start last year and they failed to even make the play-in tournament. So we're going to have our overreactions. We all do. I do it. You guys do it. It's it's, it's part of the fun of, of doing this. But, you know, once we get to, to mid-April in the postseason, that's that's what's really going to get fun. But like I said to Barry, like I say, we'll say to you guys, here's to a great NBA season in 2022 through 2023. I got my dubs winning the finals back-to-back, fifth time in nine nine years. It's going to happen, and it all begins tonight on ring night in the Chase Center. So that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by, as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. Also, be sure to catch out the Carving Up podcast on, as Barry brought up, the Grid Network uh, on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, just everywhere you get your podcasts, Carving It Up, as well as the other shows on the Grid, such as as Barry's show, All Even, such as the new Rocket Fuel podcast from our guy Alfred Parsar Jr., uh, the Chaotic Sports podcast from Patrick Brown, uh, Clutch Sports Talk with Ryan Flowers. You can check out all those shows. Uh, the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast as well. Shout out to those guys as well. So check out all the content we got over there. And also, 
Be sure to like, share, comment, and most importantly, hit that big red subscribe button to Carving It Up Podcast on YouTube. It helps the channel grow exponentially. And subscribe to the Grid Network, G-R-Y-D. You can see it up there. Uh, see the Grid logo on my overlay right there. The Grid Network on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to that. And also like, share, comment, uh, and, and help the help the network grow. So hope everybody has a great evening and a great week. Until Thursday when I see y'all again, here's to a great NBA season. Uh, we got nine, I'm sorry, eight months of great content, great basketball, and I cannot wait for every last bit of it. So have a great week. See you on Thursday. Continue to stay safe out there. God bless you all. He's out. We going back to back. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.